0: Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 20. Genesis chapter 20. Again, we, we have been uh, looking at the life of Abraham uh, for, for quite some time. Uh, we've been watching him come up all the way to uh, to the plains of Mamre. We, we saw him camping there. Uh, the Lord came and spoke with him. Uh, once again, the Lord has been making several promises to Abraham. Uh, that he is going to have a son, that uh, he and and, uh, Sarah themselves are going to to make a child, and uh, this child will be uh, the heir, uh, his heir. Now, as we've also seen going down through, there's been a lot of uh, different complications uh, that have been going on, not with God keeping his promise, but with Abraham Abraham and Sarah waiting for God to keep his promise. And uh, we've seen kind of some flip-flopping back and forth, We've seen some, some maybe uh, distrust or questioning of God uh, throughout this process. Uh, of course, you know, with, uh, with Hagar and everything, uh, the Ishmael, the, the son that was born uh, from, from Hagar, of course, uh, that, that being perhaps a way for them to raise up themselves, this heir that God had been talking about. Um, but of course, none of that worked. And God said, Ishmael is not going to be uh, the one you and Sarah are going to have a son. Yourselves, And so uh, the last little thing that we saw between Abraham and Sarah uh, was the meeting uh, with the Lord and two angels with Abraham outside of his tent in the plains of Mamre. And they had some, some sweet fellowship there together. Afterwards, uh, God spoke to him and he said, You know, listen, I also want to fill you in on what I am about to do. And, of course, he began making his descent towards the plain of Sodom. And, uh, and, of course, the, the purpose there was to bring judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah for the wickedness uh, that had gone on. Now, uh, we saw what happened there at Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, the Lord, of course, uh, left. The, his, you know, his physical presence left. And the two angels made their way on down to Sodom. Uh, they got Lot and his family out because Abraham had prayed for Lot. And so God spared Lot and, uh, and at least part of his family, and we saw uh, what all happened there. Now we, we come over to chapter 20, and we're going to kind of have a, a complete change or a complete relapse uh, of everything that's been going on. And in Abraham's life, it seems sometimes that he'll take two or three steps forward and then He'll take a few steps back, and he'll come forward again and step, you know, step back, and, and just kind of back and forth with Abraham is, is what we see throughout his life. And unfortunately, this is one of those uh, steps back that he took uh, during his life. And as we read there in, the, in chapter 20, we're going to be reading all these verses, so we're not going to read any section right at first, but uh, we're actually going to be looking at the, the um, instance between Abraham and a man named Abimelech. And that's what we've been talking about tonight in Genesis chapter 20. Let's bow our heads once again. God, we do thank you for the day. Thank you for the lesson. I pray that you'd help me as I uh, teach, guide, and direct me to all that needs to be said. Help us to take this and apply it to our hearts tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want—I do want to read the uh, first two verses here as we start out. It says in chapter 20, verse 1, "And Abram journeyed from thence towards the south country, and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. And that's kind of where we are right now. Now, as we are uh, kind of keeping in mind where he has been and everything, uh, Abraham has been camping here at Mamre, uh, which later on, as we said, will be called Hebron. And we're probably a little bit more familiar with that name. But he's been camping there at Hebron. That's where the Lord had met with him. Uh, the Lord descended from Hebron down to Sodom and uh, destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, if you remember, uh, Abraham woke up early one morning, looked out across the, uh, the mountaintops and saw the smoke from Sodom ascending up into heaven and there again prayed for Lot. And I was very concerned about his, his nephew, and anyway, you know, all that took place there at Hebrew. Well, it says that he left there and he went down to Gerar, uh, which was a city of the Philistines. And uh, that's where he's going to be throughout this chapter. Now, uh, I just want to throw some pictures out there, kind of show you what the area would have looked like around that place called Gerar. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of research on the place itself. I don't know if it was more of a community, if it was actually a, a large city or, you know, or anything there, we don't find any ruins here in these pictures. Uh, but nevertheless, there was definitely a, a tribe there uh, of the Philistines, and Abimelech was their king. Now that's something, you know. as I say that, that's something that we need to keep in mind as we study the Bible, especially during this time where, uh, where Abraham goes, and he, he goes to some place and he talks to the king of Sodom, or the king of this, or the king of that, uh, it wasn't quite a king like what we would think of, you know, as the king of England. Uh, a lot of these guys were more like chiefs of, uh, of little tribes, you know, little communities that were gathered around here and there. And I remember a lot of people were nomads, and and uh, you know, so a lot of times when, when we see him talking to a king, he may not have had a throne room somewhere. He, you know, it just may just mean that he was the leader of that particular tribe and i believe that was probably the case here and so throughout the land of israel you would have had several different communities with and they all would have had kings that you know he would have come in contact with or someone else would have and uh, that's kind of what's going on here so somewhere there's an encampment or maybe even a small town there called gerar and uh, as abraham enters into that uh, community or that area uh, he comes Face to face with this man named Abimelech, which seems to be a, a pretty good guy, you know, as far as we're, we're able to tell as we read down through here. Now, uh, we're going to look at a couple of things, four things here tonight from these verses. The first one is a little lie in verses one and two. And we'll read that again. It says, Abraham journeyed from thence. Where was thence? Hebron, Hebron right? All right, he journeyed from Hebron toward the south country, dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. And we saw where that was. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. Now we find a little lie here is Abraham's tribe moved uh, from the plains of Mamre and went to stay in Gerar for a while, as we found there in verse 1. Now, as Abraham entered into the town of Gerar, he was careful to make everyone aware that she, Sarah, was only his sister. And uh, it says that there in verse two that uh, he said of her, "She is my sister." So they're riding through town, and he wants he wants everybody to know she she's only my sister. She's not my wife. You know. Now you think about this uh, in his mind. I'm sure that Abraham was innocently trying to protect. Himself, you know, he, he probably didn't think that this little lie that he was telling uh, was going to hurt anyone. You know, it wasn't his intention to do that. Uh, he thought, you know, I'll, I'll just tell this little lie and everything's going to be okay. I'll be able to protect myself. We'll have our little stay here in this in this town, and then we'll move on whenever it's necessary to do so. Now, you think about this: how beautiful must Sarah have been if she was in her 90s and men were still willing to kill Abraham for her? Imagine that. That's what Brother Hall has to do every time he goes to town. She's just my sister, okay? Just my sister. That's it. All right. Now, and you think about that—a lady in her nineties—and uh, Abraham was fearing for his life because someone may have tried to kill him for her. Now, uh, I was thinking about this. Maybe Sarah had been using the Dead Sea skin treatments to keep herself young. And she had plenty of access to that stuff over there so maybe that was her secret I don't know but that's a good selling point for uh, for the Dead Sea stuff isn't it now Abraham was right about one thing Uh, she was both seen and selected by the king now whether or not he was willing to kill Abraham over her is a different question Uh, but the king did see her and you know, believing that she was Abraham's sister, he actually called this ninety-something-year-old lady to himself and, and took him, took her uh, to be one of his wives, uh, as we find at the end of, uh, of verse two. If we read there, it says, uh, it "says and Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah." Uh, now, this is really kind of a uh, a relapse or reoccurrence of history. Y'all remember anything like this happening before with Abraham? Anybody? Where he rode into town and said, She's only my sister. Y'all slept since then? Yeah. It's been in the Bible for a long time, though. See what? Egypt. In Egypt, right. Yes, of course. Uh, when they went down into Egypt... Uh, Abraham had already done this in Egypt several years before. Do y'all remember that when he rode down into Egypt and, uh, and the Pharaoh, uh, you know, all of his servants commended and said, "Hey, you know, you need to see this Sarah that's just come in with Abraham. You know, it's only his sister." And uh, and so he he saw her and he went ahead and sent for her and took him to and all that took place uh, there in Egypt. Y'all, is that refreshing your memory a little bit now? Okay. All right, so uh, all of this has already happened there in Egypt. Now, if you remember, Abraham's lapse in Egypt was a time of rebellion and faithlessness. In Abraham's life, it, it took place right after God in chapter 12, where it records that God said, "Abraham, you know, I want you to come away from your kindred, away from your family, away from you know all that. I want you to come to this land that I am going to give you." He comes down there. God makes a covenant with him. He goes to Bethel where he makes an altar to the Lord. There he calls upon the name of the Lord, and uh, and then right after that, he goes to Egypt. God says, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be a mighty nation. I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to do all these things for you. Abraham goes to Egypt. The king sees his wife. He says, okay. And, uh, and you know, God winds up having to intervene there to, to keep, you know, keep anything from happening. And so, uh, you know, God, of course, protects and, and preserves Abraham's family and brings them back out of Egypt. And if you remember, uh, the Pharaoh wound up giving Abraham many riches uh, as he went out now from that point Abraham went straight back to Bethel where he had first called on the name of the Lord and it says there he, he uh, you know, made a sacrifice and called on the name of the Lord again so in that story of Egypt where Abraham did this he has he strayed from God he is strayed from the covenant he has strayed from his purpose but once God brought him back he, he comes back and he begins calling upon the name of the Lord again and so, you know, that, what happened in Egypt there, again, was a time of rebellion and faithlessness in his life. And this seems to be a similar situation, just history repeating itself. Now, that little lie led to a big problem, as we read uh, down through verses 3 through 8. God quickly had to act uh, upon this wrong that was done. Now, we see God's warning in verse 3. It says, "...but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night." and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. In other words, he said, You are a dead man. (laughs) You can imagine his response to that. Why? For the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. All right. so we see God's warning to Abimelech. Now we see God's protection in verses 4 through 6. It says, But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, She is my sister? And she even herself said, He is my brother. He says, In the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. Uh, you know, he said, I'm innocent. You know, you, you heard it. <laughs> he said, She's my sister. She said, He's my brother. I had no idea. And uh, he said, You know, and, and of course he had not touched her at that time and everything. And uh, we see there in verse 6, God said unto him in a dream, Uh, Yea, or yes, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me, therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. And so God actually protected him uh, by keeping keeping that from happening. Now, we see God's instructions in verses 7 through 8. It says, Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. Therefore Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all of his servants, and told all these things in their ears, and the men were sore afraid. So uh, really what we find here, this big problem that we have, is uh, of course that Sarah is Abraham's. you know, And he has taken Abraham as, as his own wife. Now Abraham has sat silently back and allowed all this to take place. And so God's having to intervene. He's having to step in. He's, he says to Abimelech in a dream, he says, "You are a dead man." You know, Abimelech says, "Well, hold on, wait a second. You know, I didn't know." And he says, "I know you didn't know. I know you did that You thought that you were doing okay. You thought this was all fine." He says, "But but she is another man's wife. Now, if you restore her, then you know, you'll live and everything's be okay." If you keep her for yourself, you're going to die, and (laughs) your family's going to die. So I think the decision was probably pretty easy, give the wife back, right? And so that's exactly what he's going to do. Now, of course, uh, he's going to have a little talk with Abraham as well. Now, perhaps Abraham felt that his little white lie would serve its purpose, and no one would be hurt by his actions, but that was far from the truth. You know, and like I said before, you know, as Abraham rode into town, I'm sure that he didn't foresee any of these things happening, but, you know, he's just made a mess out of things. Now, they've done this before, and it made a mess then. And, and now he's doing it again, and, you know, he probably thought, you know, I, I'm just protecting myself, I'm protecting her, I'm protecting my family. Uh, but by sitting back and, and doing what he did there, he caused a big problem. He could have uh, done a lot of harm just by that little decision that he made. Abraham's decision caused a chain reaction of problems for both his family, the king's family, and really the entire city. If uh, if God had not intervened and things had, had gone further, God might have judged uh, not only the king's family but perhaps even the, the whole city uh, for the evil and the wickedness that took place there. His little lie caused some huge problems. Now, that brings up another little question there is there any such thing as a little lie Lie. lie. no such thing as a white lie either is there a lie is a lie and a little lie or a white lie is going to cause just as much problems and do just as much damage as a a big lie will now why I say it's a little lie because it was a half truth but then again can there be a half truth it's either a whole truth or it's not the truth, right? right. And and that's what we're dealing with here. Abraham uh, decided that he would try to protect himself. Maybe he thought he was doing good in some way, but it's never wrong. It's never right to do wrong, right? And that's what we're finding here. Now we see a poor excuse in verses nine through thirteen. Uh, Abraham was afraid. As we see him going into this town and with everything he did there, Abraham was afraid. He was afraid for his life. Uh, he feared for his life in verses 9 through 11. Now it says, Then Abimelech... Now you can imagine when Abimelech wakes up the next morning, he's, he wants to have a meeting, <laughs> a uh, confrontation with Abraham. And I, I can well imagine why. Now Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, Why hast thou done... Or what hast thou done unto us? And what have I offended thee that thou hast brought on me in my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. Now you think about Abimelech's question there. He says, Abraham, what have I done to you? Have I wronged you in some way that you would allow this to happen to me? You know, why have you done this to me and to my family? Verse 10 And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou that thou hast done this thing? And Abraham said, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place and they will slay me for my wife's sake. Now he's fearing for his life. He rides into town. He thinks, of course, he thinks his wife's so beautiful somebody's going to kill him over it. Now, of course, as we saw there, Abimelech winds up taking Sarah you know, to, to be his wife you know, after this lie that has been told. But do we see here any inkling at all that he would have taken Abraham's life for her? I mean, if he had known forthright, if he had known, hey, this is my wife. It appears here that he would have just left. You know that Abraham would have been safe. You know there would have been no problems if he had just told the truth and just went. You know, went through the town in his own integrity. But he did not, and of course now there's a, a huge problem that's that's here. Now his lie, of course, was a half truth, as we said just a few seconds ago, verses 12 and 13. It says, "And yet, indeed, she is my sister." Now, here's where his family tree starts running together. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. Now, y'all thought that only happened in Arkansas, didn't you? <laughs> or Tennessee. No, no, no. And it came to pass, when God calls me to wander from my from my father's house, that I said unto her, This is thy kindness, which thou shalt show unto me at every place whither we shall come, say of me, he is my brother. He said, This is a deal we've had for a long time. You know, when we first moved down, I said, everywhere we go, you, this is how you can show kindness to me. Just just tell everybody that I'm your brother. You know, let's not, let's not let any more out than that. Let's just say that we're brother and sister. And they were, they were half brothers and sisters. Now, what was going on with Abraham? As we think about, you know, this man of faith that we have seen, you know, he he believed the Lord and it was kind unto him for righteousness. We we've seen him walk uh, in faith we've seen him do some, some mighty things, some wonderful, or God do some wonderful things through him we, we've seen this relationship build and this promise build between him and God and then all of a sudden in, in chapter 20 Abraham seems to be just, just gone, you know what, what happened to Abraham? Now I have some things I want you to think about Abraham, if you remember back, Abraham had defeated mighty foreign armies with 318 house servants remember that? The, the cities of Sodom, Gomorrah, those, those other five cities round about, they could not beat these, these foreign powers that had come in. Abraham takes 318 of his servants and slaughters them. But he was afraid. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Abraham had seen the power of God's hand when he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Could God not have delivered his family from these Philistines? God anytime, had promised, huh? Anytime we're not in lockstep with the Lord, fear is there. Right. And when Abraham went where he was going, he must have been going where God want going to. That's true. Right. Very true. All right. Now God had promised Abraham a son with Sarah. Now this is one of the most interesting thoughts to me. God says you're going to have a son with Sarah. All right. Now he comes here, and this man wants to take her. and he, He's just like, okay, you know. I mean, what? I mean, I just don't. You know, as we think about it, you know, what was going through his mind? How could Abraham just give her away when he knows that this promise is supposed to be coming true between the two of them? What do you think was going on with Abraham? How long has he been? Uh I would say I don't know, you know. Long enough to mature? I would say definitely ten ten years or more, probably at this time, I would imagine. Okay. That he had been, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was going on with Abraham, in your opinion? Okay. I don't know. And, you know, there's nothing that says that he wasn't supposed to go to these other places. He just wasn't supposed to do that when he got there. You know, it's, it's really we don't find any, you know, God forbidding him to go any of these places. Well, I think here's the uh, here's the biggest question: what's our excuse? You don't even want it. <laughs> it's easy to point fingers at Abraham and say what was wrong with him. What was he thinking. Yeah. I'm giving a little bit Well what's our excuse? Maybe it's a black of faith. Okay. We walk we walk too many times by sight, not by faith. Right. I agree with that. There's too much to improve the world. Okay. All those are true. Abraham's reaction was really no different than ours. He did what the moment called for. Right. Don't weep at times? What he thought was right. Right. And what was, was right did. in his own eyes. He don't right. exactly. times? Mm-hmm. Now neither Abraham's failures nor our own failures can be justified. Um, see, you know, we don't we don't need to just say, Oh, well, you know, whatever but this does help us see that we all have moments of doubt and of weakness. Now, I think every one of us here would look at Abraham as as a you know, a a warrior of the faith, you know, and and really an example of faith, and he's found as an example of faith all through the Bible. Paul referenced him, several others referenced Abraham and his faith, but here he is, and, and even this, you know, even this warrior of faith, as we call him, even this, you know, example of how we should believe God and how we should trust God, even he had his moments of doubt and of weakness, and, we're going to have those as well, and I think you know. I think sometimes we need to see the human side of these people. You know, these these were not super Christians. These were not super. You know, this wasn't Superman. He was Abraham. He was a man just like we are. He was weak just like we are. He was a sinner just like we are, and he made mistakes just like we're going to make as well. Now we find a rich blessing in verses 14 through 18. Uh, first of all, we see Abraham's blessing in verses 14 through 16. Let's go ahead and read that. It says, And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men's servants and women's servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him Sarah his wife. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleases thee. And unto Sarah he said, Behold, I have given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to thee a covering of the eyes unto all that are with thee and with all other. Thus she was reproved. So we see Abraham's blessing, we see Abimelech's blessing in verses 17 through 18. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the household or the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Now that kind of leads us to think, as we look in verses 17 and 18, it kind of leads us to think that, you know, I'm sure this did this. Wasn't a prolonged thing, but perhaps that uh, Abraham had stayed for a little while there in Gerar, if you know, if uh, his maidservants, everything had time to bear children. So uh, it kind of leads us to think that he may have been there for a while. But we see uh, God's blessings once repentance was made, once once things were made right. We see uh, rich blessings that are being given. Now, here's the things I want us to think about tonight, okay? And these be- in these verses, we definitely see the big problems. Uh, that just a little sin can create. I'm sure, that we could all tell our own stories about such lessons in our own lives, where we have made little. We, we thought, you know, it's just just little, but it turned out to to really create some some big problems. Maybe some that we're still paying for, or some that that uh you know are still uh, the scars are still there today. As I studied and considered this chapter in the midst of all that has been going on, I had trouble seeing how this event. Fits into the story. Now we have Sodom and Gomorrah over here. You know God's promised Abraham, you know I'm going to give you a son. They even, you know, went through what his name was going to be, and the whole story about them laughing and and all that that's been going on. You know, we see all that going on. We have Sodom and Gomorrah over the the next, you know, the chapter after this one. We have some other blessed things that are going on, but right here in the middle, we see all this stuff. You know, this trouble, this this backsliding that's going on with Abraham here. And i would even considered in our study, I considered skipping this chapter because it's so similar to what had already happened in Egypt. And I'm glad I didn't because y'all evidently didn't remember what happened in Egypt. So I guess it would have just been fresh information. But then I read chapter 21 and verse 1. Now go ahead and turn there. I think, keep, keep in light, everything that we've just talked about, this whole, this whole thing that's just happened, everything that, that Abraham did there... Chapter 21, verse 1 says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Verse 2 said, For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Now, what happened in verse 1? Isaac was born. We see God making the promise in chapter 19. He can't prove it. We see him coming through with it in chapter 21, but how does this, how does chapter 20 fit into what's going on here? You know, how, how does all this come together? I think verse one uh, in chapter 21 is the key to understanding why chapter 20 is there. Chapter 19, the promise was restated. Chapter 20, Abraham blows everything, yet in chapter 21, God still kept his promise. And that led me to this conclusion, that God's promises, I think what, what this whole lesson is, is that God's promises are not based upon our righteousness or our faithfulness. They're based upon His. Amen. And that's fact. you know, it, it just, it, it came became crystal clear to me as I, I was looking at this. You know, I'm wondering... Abraham, what happened to you? You know, why was this included in everything that was going on here? But I think we needed to see that God's promise, God keeping this promise, giving Isaac, doing everything that He said, was not it, nothing was contingent upon Abraham's own obedience or Abraham's own righteousness. God had made this covenant based upon Himself, His own righteousness and His own faithfulness and goodness and kindness and, and His own purpose. And regardless of what Abraham did, God was going to keep his promise. And that's what I find. That That's the purpose that I see here in chapter 20. We are all going to fail, and we're all going to fall. But God's word stands true. And I think, you know, if we if we will consider this in, in many different ways, uh, you know, it's true in, in almost every aspect that we look at. When it comes to salvation, you know, God didn't save me because I was worthy but he was he didn't save me because I was lovable but he is love he's infinite in love nothing's really based upon none of those eternal things are, are really based upon us they're based upon him his promise is going to stand true. His word is going to stand whether or not we keep it. And uh, we just need to always remember that. Now I think instead of that encouraging us to go against God's word and take His goodness for granted, I, th- I think it ought to motivate us to run even closer to Him to make sure that we're keeping His word, make sure that we're walking in His ways, and uh, you know, do, do the very best we can to make him happy, you know, and, and please him with our lives, but even if we do fail, God's word is still true. And he's still gonna keep it. And he's still gonna love us. And uh the same was true with Abraham here. And I, I think that's a great lesson that we find here in these verses. Alright, any other thoughts? Comments? Do you think Abimelech had any clue as to Sarah Link? I don't know. Have you ever thought about it? Well, yeah, I thought about it. And what, do you think that would have made a difference if he had known? <laughs> <laughs> How old was he? Well, I don't know, but I bet he wasn't <laughs> 90. He was like, oh, No, he wasn't after him. He was after us. Right, there yeah sometimes there were be yeah there would be political re- you know like peace between yeah yeah right and uh, you know that that very well could have been something that was going on here uh, we find that afterwards you know he even though he didn't keep sarah he still entreated abraham for her uh, which may have been may have been the price that he would have paid if she if he had kept her as his wife you know, and, and then he says, you know, my land, you, you know, you're free to, to to do whatever you want here in my land. But, uh, yeah, it, it is interesting, you know, how that. But e- even in Egypt, you know, it wasn't just that Pharaoh. I mean, he saw her, and you know, she was evidently pretty enough that right. you know, he chose. There was a lot of maidens, a lot of you know, a lot of women in Abraham's group, but Sarah got picked twice. You know, salt, do I know that's it. She must have been down, you know. Swimming in the Dead Sea every day. Yeah. All right. Any other questions I can answer? What was age Abraham when he died? When he died? I'd have to look. He lived a lot longer than people do now, didn't he? He was 100 and. 175. Yeah, see, so that might have contributed a lot to her looking good mm-hmm. if you're nice. Right. Yeah. middle age, right? Yeah. But it does make, also makes the comment that she was past the years of bearing children. Yeah. yeah that doesn't necessarily have to do with your... Yeah, her physical, her. yeah. But I was just wondering, I mean, I knew she was, she was beautiful, not that. Right. and she looked really good and I just wonder you want to know what her secret is <laughs> no I know what her secret was oh okay <laughs> no God was her secret oh <laughs> but uh, I just wa- I just wonder if he if he thought maybe he knew, but I don't think he knew. yeah I don't know and I don't think it would matter who knows how old he was I have no idea about I think he went and to sold the church <laughs> <laughs> she might have been a young woman to him I women, but... Yeah. Any spiritual questions anybody <laughs> has? <have? laughs> Do <See> what? <laughs> Else anything? One one serious question. Okay. Did y'all in Arkansas, did you go uh, to family reunion looking for women? I know I how'd you get it? That's where I found Nikki. That's where I found Nikki. <laughs> I set myself up for that one. We got one. Oh my goodness, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. would ask for questions. I think I'm just gonna shut her down. <laughs> it, was, it was a good lesson. Yeah, I think there's some really rich lessons here yeah. you know, in, in what in these verses, so Well this tells us we, we have promises. For us today, mm-hmm. I have promises from the Bible that God gives to me. Right. And regardless of how I mess up, mm-hmm. He'll still give. Right. And I'll still receive. You understand? And sometimes we forget that. Right. You know? Now, our what we do, cho- choices we make, sins we commit, mm-hmm. mistakes, we, they can rob us of some blessings that God might give us. Right. Um, you know, but those promises that we have from God's word, you know, uh, those are going to remain and those are going to stay true, right. and that's what right. we have to yep. you know, keep in mind. Uh, who knows? Abraham may have robbed himself of uh, of a blessing through what he did, but God's promise still stayed right. the same. Exactly. Absolutely. All right.